The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next, best-selling author John Bevere exposes one of the most deceptive snares Satan uses to trap believers. If all the believers in America started doing actually what Jesus says, that we would love those who hate us, that we would pray for those who mistreat us. Forgive them. Oh my gosh. 70 times seven. Yes, 70 times seven, which is four. And in Luke's gospel, he said in one day, that's 490 times in one in day. day. For you to sin against me 490 times in one day. You gotta stay busy. <laughs> Welcome to Life Today. I'm James Robinson. This studio filled with people who are excited about our, our guests, and you join us here. We tape normally on a Tuesday evening, and we'll have uh, two or three guests, and uh, you're just welcome to come join us here in the studio. John Bevere, I feel like, uh, you know, this is just kind of another one of their outreaches, uh, Life Today, because he and Lisa are among the favorite people. And of course, we don't have anybody on here that's not favorite. You know, like we don't just invite our enemies. We've been thinking about that. Probably that would be a good thing to do sometime because we need to talk to them. And the Lord said, love them, so we'll love our enemies. But John and, and Lisa are really a part of our family. And they're part of the Life Today family because you love them and you appreciate them. I'm holding a book that John wrote that became a bestseller. Probably was the first book that ever just really took off. Now it's like everything he writes takes off, and good, there's good reason for that. But The Bait of Satan was written 20 years ago. This is kind of a, an anniversary edition uh, that shares some of the miracles of uh, what happens when people come to understand the truth uh, that he's sharing. And I think probably one question you might want to ask right up front well, I, I bet Satan has many lures, many baits to catch people. What might be the bait of Satan that uh, led John to write this book? Well, we'll ask him. John Bevere is here. Would you welcome John Bevere back to life today? Do <laughs> you feel like you're home? I do. I feel like I'm home. I feel like I'm sitting in the studio with my parents. <laughs> well, we, 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 we like love you. Lisa and I love you too we, so we much. Too. Thank you for what you've done for the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the way you represent Jesus. I'm so proud of you too. Thank you. Well, we're, we're pleased to, to be in a relationship of gratitude to God for you, for Lisa. We think you're one of the most special couples on the planet. And we count it an honor to just have interaction with you and maybe be an encouragement to you in some way. You are. Uh, the bait of Satan, what is it? What made you write and what exactly were you focusing on? Two years of a lot of, of hardship and suffering, and I didn't know what I was in. The bait of Satan is simply one word, being offended. Um, you know, before Taking I, offense at something that happened? Yes. Even if it was really something bad, and yep. you let it stick, and you took offense, right? Yeah, there's levels of offense, and it all determined, it's all determined by our expectations. So if I expect you to do this for me and you do this for me, you've offended me by that much. And if that shouldn't be an offense. Right. Your expectations are unrealistic. We set ourselves up for an offense with our expectations. And of course, the closer the relationship, the greater the potential offense. And this all happened with me when somebody who was like a father to me, probably even closer than a father, did some things over a course of a year that were just devastating. And I to you? was to me, and I was deeply offended. People that knew me very well and knew the situation came up to me and said, you okay? Because they could see how 
really, really terribly I was treated. I said, oh, I'm fine. I'm going with the call of God in my life. And I would say that and say that. But what, what, what's interesting is I was too proud to say I was offended. And so for months, everything just got dry. You know, Jesus said what happens when you get offended is the love of God in our hearts literally goes cold. And what happened was Christianity became more of a, not a passion. It became a, uh, well, ministry became a um, occupation. Mm. And, um, and, and what was really scary is God would still use me to minister to people. But yet I was getting colder and colder and colder. It's the frog in the kettle in the reverse. I remember one time Lisa and I were actually driving down the road and there was a worship CD on and she was weeping and she looked over at me and I just had this just cold look. I mean, just the glow in your face is gone. The light's gone in your eyes. And she said, John, what's wrong? And I said, nothing, nothing, I'm fine. And I, I was just too proud to admit it. And then I remember one day I walked out my patio and this is after months. And I said, God, am I offended? And I heard this on the inside of me. Yes! <laughs> it's the loudest I have ever heard the voice of the Holy Spirit to this day. Mm. And I said, God, I don't know how to get out of this. I've prayed. I've forgiven by faith. And what I didn't realize was I had been wounded. And this is what a lot of people, that get deeply offended because the, the relationship's so close. You know, if I was to come up to you and just shove you, you wouldn't like it, but you'd be fine afterwards. But if I took a sledgehammer and I hit you over the shoulder... You'd be wounded, and wounds don't heal overnight. And if wounds aren't properly treated, they'll never heal. Mm -hmm. And what the Lord showed me is he said, you're wounded. And I said, what do I do? There's a scripture that Paul wrote in Acts 24, 16. He said, and herein do I exercise myself to always be free from an offense with God and man. And the word exercise literally leapt up off the page at me, James and Betty. And I said, you know, I thought about a physical therapist. You know, if a football player blows out his knee, right? They operate, and then he goes through physical therapy, which is focused exercise mm -hmm. to get him back healed. I said, God, how, 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 do, I, how do I exercise to, stay, to get free from this offense? And the Lord showed me, Matthew 5, Jesus said, pray for those who abuse you, who mistreat you. And so I remember the next day, that day, I got up and I started praying for the guy that had hurt me so deeply. And this is after months, okay? And I, I got up and I said, bless him. Give him a good day. Next day, I was like, Lord, if you can, bless him. And that's the way I prayed for him. Is this part of the book? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's, it's in there. It's in there. Because it's cool. This is cool. Okay. And, 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 I was like, I was, and the next day, if you can, bless him. And, and this went on for about four or five weeks. And I was still no better. And I knew because what happens is everything just gets really dark, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I remember four weeks later, I was on, I was on a fast. And oh, the Holy Spirit said to me, read Psalm 35. So I turn in my Bible over to Psalm 35, and it makes no sense. Don't you hate that? You're, okay, I'm reading this like this has nothing to do with me. And then I get to verse 11. And David said, fierce enemies have, or fierce witnesses have risen up against me, and they've asked me things I don't know, and they've rewarded me evil for good. I said, that's me. I did this guy good, and he rewarded me evil for it. And I'm thinking next verse, he's going to say, you know, bust their teeth, break their jaw. I'm because like ready we, for the next verse, we can right? Feel, we can feel justified in our fans. Oh, oh yes. I'm like, boy, they, they deserve it. Yeah. Yes. And so David said, but as for me, when they were sick, I fasted for them, and I prayed for them like my mother or my brother. And the Lord said to me, you pray for that man, which you want me to do in your life. And I remember I got up from the kitchen table. And I started walking back and forth, and I started praying everything for that man that I wanted God to do for me. 
I said, I pray that he would know you the best a man can know you. I pray that he would know your heart, your, your heart, your intentions, your motives. I pray that your presence would manifest in his life, that you would surround his family with your presence, that you would surround him with godly counsel. It took everything in me to pray that, James and Betty. And you know what I realized then? You know how you always pray what feels good? When a guy's going through physical therapy, and that physical therapist having to do 20 pounds leg curl, he wants to hit the physical therapist. It's painful. And I, 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 it was hurting my soul to pray for him. And I realized, oh my goodness, you don't pray just what feels good. You pray truth. And so I kept praying that way every day. And you know what happened? After a couple of weeks, I started getting passionate. I thought, whoa, what's happening? I'm getting healed, okay? And I remember one morning I walked out at five weeks. I prayed for him five minutes every day at least. And I remember I was deep in prayer and I screamed out his name and I said, I love you. And when I said, love, I love you, it's like junk came out of my gut. And I thought, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. So I remember I saw him again a couple weeks later and uh, another little ant on the inside. I thought, now what? <laughs> And my wife, who's so prophetic, oh my gosh, I can't get away with anything with Lisa Bevere as my wife. She sits down with me and she sits with me on the couch and she looks at me and she goes, John, you need to go to him. I said, I jumped up. I said, no, 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 no. I prayed, I've exercised, I'm free, I'm healed, I'm all right. She said, okay. So I go out and pray. I said, God, do I need to go see him? The Lord said, yes. Now, you know when Jesus said, if your brother sins against you, go to him? Okay, this is the way we take that scripture. James, I just want you to know you did this and this and this, but I forgive you. That's, a, that's the way we take that scripture. And, uh, and, and that's not what Jesus meant. Jesus is saying, if your brother has hurt you, go to him to create an atmosphere of reconciliation. See, this is what a lot of Christians don't understand. I hope everybody in here can hear this. There's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. And we've lumped the two together. Okay? How do you understand the difference? Look at the cross. When did Jesus forgive us? When he hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. In the four year mass part. Right. Because he wasn't just talking, he, was he wasn't just talking to the soldiers in the Sanhedrin, he was talking to the next generation, right down to you and me, because our sins put him on that cross. That's right. So he forgave us before we ever said, I'm sorry. Do you know how many Christians have looked at me since I've written that book and said, I'll forgive them when they apologize? I'm like, what if Jesus would have waited for you to apologize before he forgave you? Where would we be? And so, but we weren't reconciled back to him until we repented. And you know what repentance is, I'm sorry, you're right, I'm wrong, forgive me. What caused us to repent? The goodness of God, right? Didn't his son shine on us when we weren't saved? Didn't he give us clean water before we were saved? So what Jesus is saying is go to that man and create an atmosphere that's going to want to make him say, I'm sorry. But when you go, you did this and this and this and this, but I forgive you. Well, he goes, excuse me. Anybody can do that. A Christian, a believer is like, I'm here because I want this reconciliation. So I remember I... I, I remember Lisa and I talked about it, and she said, let's buy, the, let's buy him a gift. So we go out and buy this, I mean, really nice gift, <laughs> a gift I'd like to have, hello, that's a gift, okay? And so I, I made an appointment with him in his office, and I walked in, I gave it to him, I said, I, I just want to give this to you, and he opens it up, and his eyes are like this, and he looks up at him, and he goes, wow. Well, right there's my opening, and this is the way I opened it up. I said, I want you to forgive me, I've been very judgmental and critical of you. He said, no, 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 you haven't. I said, oh, yeah, I have. 
he said, well, and that opened him up and he started sharing with me. And within an hour, we came together like this and we've been like this ever mm -hmm. since. And I remember, I look back, Lisa and I both, we talk about this so much. We look back to that week that I went and saw him and brought him that gift. Our whole life changed. Everything changed. Our family, our marriage, our life, our ministry, because I got out of prison. Mm -hmm. I was the one in prison. I felt like I was punishing him, but I was the one in prison. And um, I realized right then that the bait of Satan is to be offended. It's the Greek word for offense literally is an ancient Greek word that, that, that was originally used in ancient Greek to describe the bait stick of a trap that hunters would use to catch small animals and birds in. They'd put the bait on the scandal on and, and the, the, the animal would take it and the, 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 the trap would capture the animal or kill it. Mm -hmm. Thereby an offense, because the Greek word for offense is scandal on, is the bait of Satan to pull us, the believer, into his captivity. Christian people do not realize how often church splits those offenses carry on. It actually takes the very spirit out of entire denominational groups. And you can see, you can see foul, tormenting spirits on people sitting in denominational conventions. You can see them in churches. These people, and most of them took the bait you're talking about. Yes. They got offended. Did your wife, by any chance, and we just love so much, and what a gifted communicator and, and that she is. Did she happen to get hurt by your hurt? Did she pick up that offense ever? Yeah, what happens is Lisa's the type of lady like, I can, I can let John have it, but if anybody touches John, they're, they're in trouble. I'm Apache and I'm Sicilian. They took my land, you know, I'm mafia. I was born ticked off. You're gonna die, you know, that's, that's my wife. And she was so upset. Sure. And that fueled it for a while. Yeah. And um, we realized, you know, after we came out of it, we were two hurting young yeah. people. And, and it's obvious you came out together. I mean, God did something for both of you. We fueled, you we fueled each you other. You were fueling the fire. Because, by the way we talk, but then sure. all of a sudden we, we realize, we start recognizing it. And this is what I'm so concerned about because you see it on the government level. You see it in corporate America. You see it in denominations. You see it in churches. You see it in families. Marriages. It's everywhere. I mean, this is why we have divorce courts. This is why we have all this because... You know, Christianity is this. We love, we honor, even when we're spat in the face. Mm -hmm. Turn the cheek doesn't mean you're a masochist. It just means you're going to live a higher level mm -hmm. that I'm going to love the people who don't love me. So Jesus said, hey, you love, you love the people that love you? How are you any different than the world? So if all the believers in America started doing actually what Jesus says, that we would love those who hate us, that we would pray for those who mistreat us. Forgive them. Oh my gosh. 70 times seven. Yes, 70 times seven, which is four. And in Luke's gospel, he said in one day, that's 490 times in one yeah. day. For you to sin against me 490 times in one day. You gotta stay busy. <laughs> Once every three minutes, provided you and I don't go to sleep. I don't know anybody that can sin that good. Yeah. I mean, I, so, so what Jesus is saying is our forgiveness. No limit to it. Is to be inexhaustible like our love. heavenly Absolutely. father. And get this, think about this. The only part of the Lord's Prayer, when he's teaching us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and write on down, you know, thine be the glory forever and ever. In that, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's the only part he came back to. If you don't forgive, you don't have relationship here. You're not going to get this redemptive flow flowing through you. You're not going to be forgiven. This is serious stuff. Yeah. It actually breaks fellowship with the Father. We don't hear him clearly. Right. We don't have fellowship. 
John, this is phenomenal. You thank God for John being so open about this. It's what an encouragement you and Lisa are. Lisa, we love you. You're always welcome here, with or without John. You come, okay? And you are a blessing, and you know that. And we just love your, your family growing. It's beautiful. The bait of Satan, that's a gift from God through John to us. We learned some things about the enemy years ago, and uh, we're still learning, and he never loses his craftiness. Uh, he never stops. This is where he starts and holds people captive, sometimes to destroy the very essence of life. The book's in the bookstores. You have a website. What is it? Messengerinternational.org. All right, there it is on the screen. You go there, see where they're speaking, where they're going. You may want to invite them to come and do something that reaches a lot of people. Come to the community. Come to the city. Give them an opportunity to be a help and get the book and pass it on. John, you know because y'all have both been to the mission field. You know, we don't talk about it, but we were held hostage together, oh. and the missionaries thought we would die. You said you didn't think you'd die because you said you were with me and Betty, and we'd yeah. be all right. So you said I knew everything was fine because I'm with James Robinson. <laughs> but we didn't know everything we was didn't. fine. <laughs> and the missionaries didn't, but anyway, God delivered us. But here's the deal. This is awesome, and what we're doing right now, we're doing something new that you're going to like. You're going to see it. You want to be an answer to someone's prayers? Well, let me show you something. You're going to hear a prayer. You're going to hear Sheila Walsh, a wonderful gift from God to Life Today and Life Outreach and our mission outreaches. You're going to hear her heart. I believe God's heart. Watch very closely and be a miracle. Angel right now 
and answer this mom's prayer. Oh God, would we be able to find the angels, the messengers? Sheila Walsh is here in our studio. She's part of Life Outreach and Life Today. You shared the compassion of a mother over a mother for a child. What do you hope and pray that all the viewers who are watching right now will do? You know, it's so easy to watch a piece like that and you think, that's some woman on the other side of the earth. But she's not. She's our sister in Christ. You know, she told me her husband's not a believer yet, but her other two children are. And when she started to cry because she saw what happened to her little baby, her son said to her, come on, mom, you've told us since the day we were born that God is good and he answers prayers. So we're going to pray that God will send an answer. And we were able to do that because of you guys, because you care. This is a beautiful woman and that darling little baby can get help. I, the thing I, I see is that we can all do something. I got to take my son Christian with me. And when he met that mom, Rosario, and saw the baby, he went into his backpack and my 19-year-old son emptied his wallet and gave it to her because she's malnourished and she can't produce enough breast milk to feed her baby. And he said, Mom, how can I go home and order a pizza when this mom can't even give her baby milk? But here's the great thing. We can, there's hope. We can change this baby's life so that this little one won't just run. This little boy will be able to run into the arms of Jesus if you'll help us. Oh, thank you, Sheila. And I just found myself saying, God, you're going to answer that prayer for our angel with messengers who have an angelic blessing to offer. Betty, I'm believing everyone watching is going to say, we'll, we'll give your baby simple little brace like this or whatever it takes or the surgeries. The surgeries for these more difficult situations are $400. That's because medical doctors go like missionaries and offer their services, and that's what serious surgery costs. But these little braces are $17 each, and here, here's one for a little bit older child. And while their bones can still be shaped easily, they just begin to, to sleep in these, and it begins to correct it. It happened for our own daughter, who, who had a little bit of a, a pigeon-toed effect that was causing her to trip, and she had to wear them when she was young, and even had to wear them quite a while. That became you know, more, you know James, more... God performs miracles in many, many different ways. We don't have to look very far. Just open our eyes every day. Every day is a miracle. We, we have an opportunity to join our hearts together right now and to reach out and be a miracle for these children, for these babies, for that mother. She's asking God for a miracle. Will you join with us and let's give the miracles that we can help these babies? Well, we've actually we believe God in prayer that we have an assignment to give 10,000 mothers and little children straight feet. And there's a thousand people a day who could say, well, well, we'll buy two braces for $34, $17 for each brace. Some would say, I'll give 68 and we'll take care of four and some can give over a hundred and help six. You're going to be the miracle mothers like that pray for. I really do believe that. Go to lifetoday.org. I pray that you just say, thank God I can walk over to get my mobile device or my laptop or my computer. Or you can dial the phone number and take your bank card either way. Use your bank card like a check and make the largest gift you can. 
we need some people who will give those $400 surgeries because there's some serious things. And sometimes the children have gotten a little older before they knew they could get help. And that does take surgery. Would you please make the gift God put on your heart and what Sheila Walsh just asked you to do and to pray about? Would you please? Lifetoday.org. Use your bank card like a check or dial that number and become someone's miracle. The answer to a mother's prayer, to a child's need. Thank you so much. Children born with birth defects in underdeveloped nations are often overlooked, uncared for, and even abandoned. And for tens of thousands every year born with a condition known as clubfoot, their deformity leads to a struggle to just survive. The good news is there is a simple and life-changing solution. This summer, with your support, Life Outreach will provide 10,000 children with corrective braces that will give them a chance to walk like any normal child. With a cost of $17 per brace, your gift of $34 will help provide two children with corrective braces, $68 will provide for four children, and $102 will help give six children braces and the opportunity to walk. And for children with a much more severe need, gifts of $400, $800, or even $1,200 will help provide life-changing corrective surgery for one, two, or three children in need. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you Beth Moore's devotional, Blessed Mornings and Restful Nights. With your gift of $102 or more to provide six children with corrective braces, you'll also receive the Journal Edition NIV Bible. Finally, with your gift of $1,200 or more, you may receive Majesty, our 2016 commemorative bronze sculpture. This summer, join with us to give children hope for a future. Let's give them a chance to walk. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, you know, we want to say thanks and send you the beautiful Bible. The great uh, for taking your journal notes and putting them there in Beth Moore's devotional book, Blessed Mornings, Restful Nights. John Bevere's, it's the 20th anniversary. It's really a kind of a republishing of the book with some testimonies in there. What God did when people read it. And if you help us just be a miracle for a little child and answer their prayers and you say, hey, would you just send me the book? I know I can go buy it or get it online, but yes, we'll send it to you because we love you. And we want to say thank you for putting God's arms of love around those who suffer and becoming their miracle. Join us in saying thanks to John Bevere. John, God bless you. Bless, you. bless the family, the ministry, the outreaches. Thank all of you. Thank you so much. Would you go to the stream, stream.org, every day. We're trying to flow truth that can set this nation free. God bless you.
discern her errors, his errors, we can. Navigating the choices in our life tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.